Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, yes, indeed, this is the WCHL Podcast. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry, and on this very special edition of the WCHL Podcast, not only do we have my very best friend in all of the world, the former Zamboni driver extraordinaire at the Blazers Ice Center, the former general manager for OU Hockey, the current quinceanera scheduler for the city of Oklahoma City, it's Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the masses. Yo, yo, yo. But in addition to Andrew, who's back for the fourth week in a row, I might add, we actually have, Andrew, we actually have a real hockey guy on the podcast today. Uh, I tell you what, we are blessed. We ought, to, we ought to rename this podcast, Two Dopes and a Hockey Guy. Well, I was just going to sit here and going to say, you know, we've got a suboptimal, suboptimal operator. <laughs> we've got somebody that's just lucky to be here along for the ride. And then we got a real hockey guy. A national champion, a yep. broadcaster extraordinaire, coming live to us from Edmond, Oklahoma, on his way to the NHL. It's Curtis Johnson. Curtis, say hello to the people. Yo, 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 what's going on, Chris? Oh, happy to be here. Excited. We're glad to have you, Curtis. We, you don't know how much it means to have a real hockey guy on this uh, just crappy podcast. So uh, you bring some legitimacy, some genuineness, some... You, you, you've, I mean, we now can actually say this is a hockey podcast because there's a hockey guy on it, not just two dopes sitting here burping and farting. Nice. I love it. Well, I'm excited to get into this. Thanks for having me on for the, what is this, fourth time going? Hopefully this is better than the first time. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, um, appreciate everybody uh, dealing with our production. Uh, This is a high class production here. We're dealing with each other on FaceTime. Um, but we're recording it so that you can actually see us because that's the way we like it. Um, because I'm not smart enough to know how to record video, but that's, you know, besides the pack, the, besides the point, Hey, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts, which is, you know, rankings and nationals and all that, let's get through the last weekend of games that happened here in the WCHL. And let's start with some non-conference games. Alabama came all the way from the backwoods of Alabama to finish their season at Missouri State. They came to Spring Vegas to take on uh, the Ice Bears at the Jordan Valley Ice Park in front of all 14 listeners to the WCHL podcast and plus many more. And Alabama got uh, got their ears boxed. They lost last weekend one to nothing twice to Oklahoma at home, and they drove all the way to Springfield to lose twice to Missouri State by a score of three to one. Andrew, did you happen to see these games at all? Yeah, I did. I did. They were they were good games. Yeah, good. yeah, very good games. They, uh, <laughs> you know, Missouri State Friday night they they jump out quick, get a hot little start there. They, uh, but you know, Bama they just kind of lingered around there. Yeah. All right. Keen analysis there. Yeah. Any, anything else stand out to you? Uh, not on that one. 
I'm telling you, this is why we bring you here, Andrew. Cause, <laughs> no, no, not on that one. Yeah, no, we're good. No. All right. Curtis, anything stand out to you from looking at the box score? Uh, not a lot, Chris, to be honest, but um, I think Alabama has actually acquitted themselves pretty good this year. They're not the not the easiest team to play against, and to go to Missouri State and only lose by two goals is, I mean, that's a pretty good effort, and I think Alabama, again, with the, with the power they have, with the brand they have, they could actually kind of make a go of this ACHA thing. They could, and they're they're almost. I don't want to. I don't want to say this since I'm the commissioner, but let's pretend that they were like auxiliary members of the WCHL because they've played Oklahoma, uh-huh. they played Central Oklahoma, they've played Missouri State. I think they've played, or is that it? That might just be it for them. And they, like you said, Curtis, they've done fairly well for themselves, and they've put up with me making fun of uh, Pelham, Alabama. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, not, not too shabby. I mean, there's been, there's been teams a lot worse in Alabama than have gotten beaten by a lot worse up at the, uh, JVIP. That's for sure. hundred percent. So, and especially since they know, I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're not They're I don't know what they were ranked 40 something. So, uh, here, you know what? I had to look at it. So, um, a, a real a real host would know what's going on here alabama number 50 so yeah i mean they're going nowhere fast and they still came up and gave missouri state uh made missouri yeah. state work for it so i i get it and that fr- saturday night game was an empty netter uh to make it three to one so it was a closer game than the score final score realized so there you go missouri state ends their season on a high note sweeping alabama and i'm sure they just packed the place so uh, very nice all right, uh, then we get into, we had four conference series. It was rivalry weekend in the WCHL. Let's start at the uh, in the Rocky Mountains with the Rocky Mountain Showdown. First off at the uh, Epic Ice Arena in my favorite place in all the world, Fort Collins, America. Colorado State brought out the whooping stick and just cool. laid it to Colorado by a score of 13-2. to two. Oh, that's, that's three games in a row now they've gotten uh, beat like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, UCO yeah. took care of them twice. Yikes! Ooh, and then yeah, you know the uh, you know that Friday night game was a little rough. And the uh, and the other thing that sticks out is CSU got off to just a hot start. I mean, just buried them right off the get go. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was. I don't know. I'm sitting here looking in the first five minutes of the game. It was game over. You know. I was uh, the thing that stood out to me was uh, Colorado State got their goaltender back, Sam Simon. He, yeah. he didn't. Uh, he did not make the trip to Missouri State the weekend before, and uh, but he was there in net. And you know, CSU might not have needed them on Friday night, but uh, at home because they just it was it was point night there at Epic. Holy yeah. smokes! And that place was packed, and you know they were chanting niceties to all the Colorado uh, mm-hmm. players, as you do in rivalry games. So that was uh, wild. And then, hey, they shifted gear, and they went down to Boulder. And uh seemed as if Boulder was going to – CU was going to get them there on their home ice. And uh, darned if uh, CSU didn't mount a comeback and uh, take that game by a score of 5-3. to three. Yeah, a little bit closer affair, right? The, uh, yeah. Um, believe empty netter at the end there, if em- I'm not mistaken. Yeah, empty netter. So, yeah, a little bit closer than 5-3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, close game. But, you know, the thing that – the thing that really pops on this weekend for these Colorado games is the amount of shots that these teams put up against each other. Yeah. You know, CU, they 84 shots on the weekend and CSU had 70. So, I mean, that's, that's impressive right there, in my opinion. 
Yeah, anything, uh, Curtis, with uh, regard to the uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown that uh, that jumped out at you? Well, I think the scoreline on Friday, but I also think that was fueled by CSU and their senior night, right? There's senior night, uh, the fans were popping off at uh, the pool arena or whatever that's called there, the Epic Arena. Yeah. Um, and then I think on Friday night, um, yeah, CSU, as Andrew was saying, jumped out to the early lead. You thought maybe the the Buffaloes were going to get a little revenge, but yeah, CSU didn't want to go out without a fight and rallied late in the third there to, to win it. Insane. So I think CSU has now taken uh, three of the four games from uh, from the Buffs this year. So just uh, kind of wild, kind of wild how that's uh, Camden Lambert has them going in the right place up there at Colorado State. You can't sleep on the Rams. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and it's been a change too because it used to be, you know, you you when we went to Colorado, it used to be the Buffs that would maybe be uh, be the tougher game. CSU was typically ranked a little bit lower when I played, but it seems to have flipped over the last couple of seasons. When you played Curtis, when you played at that uh, rink up in uh, Colorado State, with pool was nearby, did uh, did did that cause any problems for you? Um, because uh, not necessarily, Chris. It would sometimes be a little humid, but that was mostly just like during warm up and stuff. Yeah, I think probably by the when the by the time the game started, um, it gets a little colder because it's usually we'd play them um, usually in the winter. You'd usually go up there like November, so there's snow on the ground by then. So it didn't seem to bother it too bad. Yeah, I asked because yeah, one side it's it's the place is built like a like the letter Y or maybe like the letter V more appropriately and one half is a swimming pool and it's tropical and humid on in on that side and the other part is an ice rink where the enemy for ice is humidity so uh, it it just just blows my mind that they can pull that off but hey power to the city of fort collins for being able to do that all right um the the uh down in the desert ASU traveled for their 50th and 51st game of the season against Arizona, it seems. I think, uh, in reality, it's only their 7th and 8th games. Uh, So, ASU at Arizona, the dreaded uh, uh, Cactus Cup series. Now, Arizona has already clinched the Cactus Cup, but ASU wanted to uh, put a nod on, uh, always likes to... What do they? I think they say, no pity for the kitty. I think that's the, the, the thing that they ASU says about Arizona. Um, and boy, on Friday night, it was a, a tight affair, a one to nothing Arizona win. And then the next night it was a defense optional. It was a six to four affair again, uh, an Arizona win, but uh, it seemed as if uh, goals galore. Andrew, what do you think? The, uh, well, I had all Z's on the Friday night game here. <laughs> you don't like a good one to nothing game. Uh, you know, they're, they can be just as exciting as a big offensive uh, shootout and all that. But, yeah, for the most part, yeah, just nothing but Zs here. And then, yeah, U of A having to pull it out in the third period there on Saturday night to pull off the win. So, good for those guys. All right. Curtis, what did you think about this? This is Arizona probably winning, uh, I think they've won, they played eight times, and I think Arizona has won six of those eight times now. Yeah, I think that, like Andrew said, the first game was a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, not a lot of, not a lot of shots, not a lot of goals. Uh, pretty close affair. The only, the only difference was just a power play goal Arizona scored. Really, that was sort of the difference maker. And then I think on Saturday, like you said, kind of a back and forth affair, a little bit different um, power play goals this time from Arizona. Um, I don't know. Um, I think Arizona, like you said, they've had their number this year, which is kind of surprising 
considering the weekend before ASU kind of had that big upset. So, yeah, just Arizona's got their number this year. Yeah, yep, it seems like it. And uh, ASU, their season is now done. Um, another team whose season is done is Grand Canyon, and they had high hopes to go up to UNLV and maybe uh, provide a jolt and upset and jump up in the rankings. And Friday night, they got pasted by a score of 11 to nothing. Holy smokes. What a brutal scoreline that is. So, so are you thinking here, you know, when I saw that was UNLV, were they trying to keep pace with UCO and what UCO did to Colorado? the weekend before right i don't think there's any doubt they were gold differential all the way don't you think that, oh 100 that first thing that went through my mind when i saw that yeah yeah and then yeah. uh then they the, closed the bridge 100 yeah they were if they if uh um, OU was able to pull off a sneaky upset that they were ready to to pounce on that gold differential i think that's exactly right they were the biggest sooners fans on the weekend and <laughs> they were hoping to score as many goals as possible to make up that differential so, uh, but and then the next night, um, Grand Canyon, I guess, you know, showed a little bit of character and came to, uh, I'm not saying they didn't come to play Friday night, but uh, it was a tighter game. It was a four to two game and it was uh, actually Grand Canyon, I think, hung in there longer than expected, especially after getting whacked the night before 11 to nothing. But uh, UNLV sweeps the Antelopes by a score of 11 to nothing and four to two. That's three games in 10 days that uh, UNLV has now beaten Grand Canyon. They got them 6-1 to one last Thursday, and then 11 nothing and 4-2 to two over the weekend. So uh, I bet GCU is glad to not have to see UNLV for a long time. Yeah, that might be. That might be the case. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably happy the season's over and they don't have to do another 11 to, 11 to nothing whooping. Oof. But- <laughs> have you ever been on the on the wrong end of one of those, Curtis? I know you've been on the on the giving end, but have you ever been on the receiving end? Um, if I remember right, in the ACHA, I think it was freshman year we played ASU at their rink, and I think we might have lost pretty heavy. Might have been six one or seven one. They were number one, I think, at the time. They were they were a pretty good team. I think that's probably the worst. Okay. we've ever been on the receiving end of but that was any fun <laughs> yeah i bet i bet andrew i i know under your reign of terror as general manager at oklahoma there were a lot of beatings so i don't want to bring those up so which which direction are we talking here yeah you were on the receiving end trust me 100 <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think any of your teams gave it out no nope. all right Only when you play the broncos right andrew that's right <laughs> <laughs> Well, then let's get to the series where uh, where Curtis was there, Andrew and I were not. Um, Oklahoma and UCO played uh, a home-and-home series at the same home, Arctic Edge. And UCO wins both nights, uh, Friday night, a 4-1 to affair with Oklahoma, the home team, and then a 3-1 to Saturday night uh, win with UCO, the home team. Curtis, you were there. Tell us what, uh, what, what stood out to you from these games. Uh, I think probably the first game was just that OU was able to keep it pretty close. I think UCO controlled most of the game, but they OU got a goal in the second on the power play and was able to keep it probably a lot closer than I, I anticipated, to be honest. There has been a couple lopsided ones this year, but um, again, OU is trying to play spoiler, right? It's a rivalry game. Um, they always give their, they always, you know, give us hard times typically throughout the years, especially when it's sort of the, the end of the year for them. But um, I think UCL played pretty good, but overall I was pretty surprised with just like the scoreline both nights. Nothing really got out of hand and 
UTO definitely had to work for it. Yeah, I was really surprised that uh, Oklahoma uh, hung in as long as they did on both nights and that UCO basically had to have some third-period heroics to uh, to sock away the victory. And, yeah, uh, on the Saturday game to, to clinch, and they didn't win until I think it was probably like a minute and a half left. They scored uh, right after OU had had tied it on like a six-on-four, if I remember right. The, the Broncos took a power play. They pulled their goalie, got the power play unit out there, and, and tied the game, which – I mean, there was a, you could have heard a pin drop at the edge on Saturday when they tied it. And then UCO goes like right down. I think it was probably, what, 20 seconds later, UCO uh, takes the lead and then they get the empty netter to kind of put it out of reach on Saturday. Yep. Yep. And all of, uh, all of the hopes and dreams of uh, the Rebels in Las Vegas were dashed at the same time. Because with those uh, two victories, UCO had uh, secured the, uh, WCHL regular season championship. I don't know why we call it the regular season championship. We don't. It's not like we have a postseason. Um, but they they they're the champions of the Western Collegiate Hockey League now for the second year in a row, and I believe it's the fifth time overall um, that uh, UCO has won fifth time out of out of I think it's ten years. Eight, nine, something like that. I think it's ten. Arizona State won it the first two years, and then UCO won it for three, and then Arizona won it for two. And now UCO has won it for two. So, uh, yeah, UCO has now secured the WCHL championship. And with that comes the Autobid Nationals. And they were pushed to the very brink because, as we talked about, um, never mind Oklahoma pushing them to the brink, but Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas pushed them to the brink. Um, And they were separated at the end. Out of a total of 60 points, uh, Central Oklahoma had 57 points, and UNLV had 55 points. So it was just a two-point difference after um, 20 games. Uh, so basically what that boils down to is that, uh, that, that stunning overtime loss to Arizona State uh, a week or two ago uh, for UNLV was the difference between winning the championship or tying for the championship uh, with, uh, with UCO. So what a what a crazy what a what a great season what a crazy season it's never ever in ten years come down to the very last day the very last game of the season that's for darn sure I know that for a fact who would have thought who would have thought Arizona State would have been the difference maker in, in the in the end here you know what I mean yeah well I mean I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know break my arm off patting ourselves on the back here but uh, I think it's a testament to the strength of the conference well yeah. But, you know, I fully expected it to come down to the uh, – to have to separate it by goal differential, right? <laughs> I was all over that tiebreaker. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, I was going to say, I think so did the commissioner, Andrew. He's been dreading that all year. <laughs> he's sitting in his house with his flip-flops on, counting his toes and his fingers, trying to get the corner. You know, trying to figure I know he was just praying there was an upset and he didn't have to give it away on goal difference. You know, that would have been just the absolute worst to uh, give it away on an auto bid awarded based on goal differential. How terrible yeah. would that have been? You no, know, and the and the dark side of me here, and this is nothing against UCO or anything like that, but I was kind of pulling for UNLV to win this thing just so that I could watch him struggle having to try to get that trophy out to Vegas. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent dark, dark, sinister side of me. I was, I was wanting to watch him struggle with that. All right. Well, hey, that's it for uh, Andrew here on the WCHL podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> this will be the last time you hear from Andrew. <laughs> that's right. He's going into a deep dark hole forever and ever. 
So uh, say goodbye to the masses, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to tell you, it was it was bittersweet because I always like to give the uh, the the trophy to the champion, and in, like I said, in, this was the first time that it had ever come down to the very last day of the regular season. And, you know, we have no clue who, is it going to be UCO? Is it going to be UNLV? You, you know, you figure it's going to be UCO just based on rankings taking on Oklahoma, but you know, it's a rivalry game and all bets are off and it's a conference, you know, WCHL and Oklahoma has played very, very well recently. Um, you know, credit to, uh, credit to coach Arvanitas and to, to his Sooners, they're, they're, they ended the season, I thought, on a, a much improved note than how they started the season. And uh, I look forward to them, you know, getting better, uh, you know, being better next season. Hopefully they'll continue it. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of, uh, it was it was precarious because then, uh, yeah, if we can't get the cup, if it wasn't going to be awarded in Edmond on Saturday, then, you know, it means I've got to pick the thing up and uh, haul it all the way out to Vegas and... <laughs> Yeah, that was. I've already spent a little while on the road here this past week, so I wasn't looking forward to that at all. Well, there. I mean, there's worse trips, right, Chris? We could have just taken a road trip, us three, and maybe just stopped off in Vegas for a little bit. That could have been, yeah. And kept then hey, kept on see. going to the ocean. I could <laughs> go dip our toes in the Pacific and then turn around and do it all over again. Yeah, exactly. They catch a flight, maybe, and then just fly directly all the way to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's no fun to travel with this time of year. I can attest to that. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. You can't eat, eat beef. I mean, there's certain restaurants you can't eat at. You got to make all these stipulations when you go. You got to plan ahead and all that. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's a hassle. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> all right. Central Oklahoma wins the WCHL with 57 points. They uh, go 19 and 1 on the season. UNLV comes in second. Arizona's in third place. With, uh, here, let me put my eyes on here, 33 points. And then uh, Utah and Arizona State tie for, uh, for f- in terms of points. But uh, Utah wins. Uh, they take fourth place in, because we broke it, uh, the tie, based on conference wins. Utah had nine conference wins compared to uh, Arizona State's eight. So Utah's fourth, Arizona State fifth. Colorado State finishes in sixth place, which is a uh, surprise, a welcome surprise for those guys. Missouri State's in 7th place with uh, 25 points. Grand Canyon finishes in 8th with 20 points. Colorado with 17 points. They're in 9th place. And Oklahoma has 9 points on the season and finishes uh, in the 10th spot in the conference. Another season down the tubes for uh, the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Put it in the books. Andrew, I know you can see it there. And Curtis, I couldn't believe we scored 600. There were a total of 696 goals scored all season long in conference games that's crazy yeah it's a lot obviously paced by the two leaders but i mean across the board there's a lot of a lot of goals being scored this year there was a lot of good hockey and i think again it shows just to the strength of the the conference and how well it is that you know you know the teams in the middle can beat each other any night and obviously like we said it came down to the the two big teams at the end but i mean it's a good conference, and then there's a reason that there's a couple teams that are going to go to nationals from it. That's right. That's right. All right. Any further? Uh, anything further on uh, the, the 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 games that were in the WCHL standings? You guys want to jump into rankings or what? Let's do it. Let's get in there. All right. Let's get into the rankings because they came out today, 
And um, you know what? It, it, it kind of goes right. Here I am stumbling over my words. It goes right with what Curtis was just talking about, the strength of the conference, because the final ranking came out uh, that determines nationals and eight of our 10 teams in the Western Collegiate Hockey League found themselves in the top 25. That's right, eight of 25. That's insane. That's like almost one-third of the entire ranking comes from this little old bitty conference out west. Just crazy. Pretty impressive. UNLV is number four. Central Oklahoma is number six. Arizona is number 11. Utah, number 17. And then we have four teams in the top, uh, or in the, in the last part of the top 25. Arizona State is number 20. Grand Canyon, 22. Missouri State, 24. And Colorado State, 25. So we have the last six spots of the um uh, of of the ranking just dominated by the Western Collegiate League, and then we've got four teams in the uh, in the top twenty. Uh, oh, five teams in the top twenty. I'm sorry, but we have four teams, uh, you know, uh, higher than twenty. So that's uh, two in the top ten, two right in the middle in the teens, and then yeah, four more at the back end. So I like it. Yep. Happy as the commish. Yep. Oklahoma right. finishes thirty fourth in the computer. Colorado finishes thirty eighth in the computer. Uh, any any surprises out of uh, this last ranking that uh, showed up for you? I think uh, I think Arizona jumping all the way to eleven is a big surprise. This this late in the season to have that big of a jump is kind of a unheard of a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's. Um, I mean, it's it, yes, you're you're correct, but I think it's also easily explained because. If you if you're just looking at these rankings that list you know one through twenty five and you don't look at the actual computer ranking itself and how it's you know they they the ACHA publishes the actual ranking itself and it shows the average and it shows all these things are clustered together because we take two rankings and we average them together and then we sort them based on that average in uh, Arizona Pitt. Uh, Grand Valley State and Calvin were all kind of lumped all in there together. And, you know, Pitt lost and tied to Stony Brook. Um, Grand Valley State and Calvin both lost in their um, conference playoffs. And Arizona ended up winning two games. So Arizona jumped uh, those those three other teams simply because, you know, they're all in a little grouping together. And so because Arizona won the weekend, they went to the head of that little group of four and uh, you know, Pitt lost in, and won, or lost and tied, I should say. And so they're kind of in the middle, and GVSU and uh, Calvin, you know, they both lost, and uh, so that's kind of where they are. Yep. So it's, but yeah, it was, how about that? I mean, they go from 14 to 11, a jump of three spots here at the end. Yeah, that's 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 kind of unheard of a little bit, right? Well, and the the, the same rationale can be said for why the two, three, and four spots flipped as much as they did. Uh, you know, last week UNLV was two and um, Ohio was three, Adrian four, and this week because Ohio played Niagara and won both games, because Adrian won their conference tournament, and because UNLV won, but they were playing the number 22 team, um, you know, UNLV kind of got penalized for, you know, playing the, the lesser, I guess their opponent, Grand Canyon, not ragging on Grand Canyon. I'm just saying that they were the lowest-ranked team out of the three opponents that Ohio, Adrian, and UNLV played, and that was to the detriment of UNLV. That's why they, you know, they went to the back end of that gr- of their grouping that they were in. So, Curtis, what about you? Anything in the uh, ranking jump out other than Arizona jumping three spots? No, not really. Any 
anything other than just Arizona then sneaks in from having to do a play-in game on Thursday and gets to sneak all the way to Saturday to play the Broncos. So, yeah. I mean, that, like, like Andrew just mentioned, that big swing, right, three spots, I mean, that's a, that's a game-changer for them. They move, you know, to a completely different day and a completely different way to get into the tournament and w- way to get into the finals. I'm hoping they were nimble because that, that can be – yeah. That's that's the difference between uh you know 5 or 10,000 uh, dollars. Yeah, I was going to say that's a flight on a Wednesday to a flight on maybe Friday or a flight on Thursday the day later, so. How how would you like to they're okay. Yeah, ho- yeah, hopefully they're okay. Hopefully they're I haven't checked in with coach Berman to find out, but um hopefully yeah, they were uh if they were planning on getting how would you like to get there on a Wednesday just to find out, well, your first game's on Saturday. Yeah, you don't play till Saturday. Hey, we're booked on Wednesday. We booked the flights already. Sorry, guys, we're leaving on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to spend money on rooms and meals and babysitting. Holy yeah, smokes. It can, be, it can be expensive too, right? Because the tournament's, you know, it's not, not close for Arizona, so I doubt they're taking a bus all the way across the country. So <laughs> I hope. Hey, for their sake. Yeah, for their sake. Buses si- and all the rest that goes into it. So. Yeah, hey, for, for their sake, I hope they're not busing. Hope not. Hope not. Maybe oh. they are, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a sentence unto itself. Yikes! That's a long one. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing too is so maybe you can help provide some clarity, uh, Chris and Andrew. The um, the way the computer does it, they have like those two polls you just mentioned. Why does it that the B ranking weighs more heavily than the A ranking when the teams do have a tie? Well, the okay, so the A ranking, it's my understanding, I, I probably ought to look this up, um, <laughs> but it's my understanding the A ranking is, did you win or lose? Okay. Um, you know what? Here, I need to look at this. Uh, I think you're right, though. I think A is the win or lose, and B is the how much did you win by? Yeah, that's, I'm trying to get to the right email here, because... Let's see here. All right, yeah. Ranking A is okay. A is is how much did you win by? Oh, okay. it, it's it's the goal differential equals seven, and then ranking B is did you win or lose? Oh, and that's the so that's the goal differential equals one. And so the reason why they use B as the tiebreaker is because they don't want people to um, in, be influenced, uh, you know, by by running up the score and and goal differential just so they can break ties it should just be based on sense. you know did you win or yeah. did you lose that makes sense yeah so that's kind of where uh where those things are and it's uh because yeah you were you were saying arizona they tied with pittsburgh yeah so in theory they both you know 12 and a half but arizona gets the slightly higher seed so you know sucks to be pittsburgh they just didn't win enough games and arizona just sneaks through there well and grand valley state's right behind them with an average yeah, of exactly. 13 and calvin's with an average of 13 and a half yeah and so really close in that really close cluster yeah and then i mean you, if you just look back at the other clusters the uh you know we we've got uh the the stony brooks and dearborns and utah utah was in there and then they they want they beat uco and then they beat unlv and they they separated themselves from that one cluster and they were trying to catch up to the one that was in front of them the group that was in front of yep. them and just never did because they ran out of games yep but uh yeah, kind of wild and then uh, I mean we can we can kind of talk about auto bids right so then Utah having 17 and then ASU 
being the 20 team, we miss out on two WCHL teams making the tournament. That's the, I think that's the hazard we have from having a large yeah. conference, right? We've got yeah. eight teams in the top 25. We have 10 teams overall. It's uh, as much as I'd like for them to all make it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the, the, the numbers just seem to indicate that, you know, the, uh, you know, just the sheer number of teams that we have seems to indicate that if we're going to have three or four bumps, you know, there's going to be yeah. at least one, maybe more uh, WCHL teams in those bumps just because they're everywhere else. So yep. you got to feel bad for Utah because this is two years in a row now that they've gotten, they've been nationally ranked to go to nationals, but get bumped for an auto bid, right? And I think it's also two years in a row for Arizona State as well. I was going to ask you that if it was if it was two for Arizona State as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I feel I feel bad for both those teams, anyways, yeah. but especially for the, that reason. Yeah, I think I think it should be I think it should be reexamined the <laughs> the auto bid rule. No, I've said it before. But. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, I, maybe maybe this is a, a topic we want to we want to explore further. Well, I mean, you know, you just think Buffalo gets in there. I mean. Was it last year or the year before that Buffalo got an auto bid into Nationals and then showed up and just got stomped in the first game? That was uh, down in Frisco. Was it Frisco? Yeah. That yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. you know, you're you're putting a team like that in Nationals that, you know, they, they won their conference, so good for them. You know, they should get something for that. But then you've got a team like Utah and Arizona State that have been out here battling it all season, and they're, and they're staying nationally ranked in a very tough conference and they're getting penalized for that at the end of the season. You know what I mean? So I think there needs to be, I think somebody needs to take a look at how they're kind of a, rewarding these teams at the end that, that play in these tougher conferences and all that. You know what I'm saying? What would you suggest? I don't know. I haven't thought about that hard yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm all about solutions, Andrew. And so I, I recognize that there may be a problem. I'm all about solutions. Buffalo is ranked 58th. And, uh, yeah, you kind of want to have the, the best of the best show up for nationals. Um, but, but I, I, I also get it. Um, you know, I've, I've, I'll admit I'm the bozo that proposed many years ago that the auto bid, um, should be opened up to, it should be the conference's choice, whether to award the auto bid to their regular season champion or to their conference playoff champion. And I, I, quite honestly, I never foresaw, I guess this is poor planning and, and poor thinking on my part, I never foresaw that many conferences would would take that option. And uh, I sure didn't uh, foresee that, um, you know, teams that uh, weren't in the top 20, top 30 would end up winning a conference playoff. I, you know, I thought it would be good for teams to have a, a carrot to play for, if you will, right. you know, as opposed to just showing up and, you know, winning a playoff and okay, congratulations. Now go home. You got nothing. And the team that yeah. you might've beat gets to move on to nationals. But, um, yeah, there are eight conferences in the W in the ACHA and five of those eight have, uh, chose to award their auto bid to the conference playoff winner this year. The Western collegiate league obviously doesn't have a playoff because geography is not our friend. Um, and it would just be too much. I mean, we, we could do it, but it's gonna, it would cost a lot of money. And yeah. I've, my, my personal, uh, preference is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll, you know, I serve at the pleasure of the coaches and I'll do what they want to do, but my, my, 
preference would be to take that ten, fifteen thousand dollars they would have spent to go play in a conference playoff and take that money and put it towards going to nationals. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, uh, but who knows? Maybe you know. I'm I'm all about uh, different ideas and different solutions. So, Andrew, when you do get around to thinking about it. You know, uh, maybe jot it down and uh, shoot it to the dumb commission. See what. Oh. Let's see if we can't make something happen. I'll put my I'll put my thinking cap on for you. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, let's uh, let's hit a button or two, and then we'll come back and we'll let's get knee deep into nationals. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> Well, he was more than just a coach. Uh, he was really a teacher. Work that truck, that's the way I like it. What the hell? We... You gonna let him stand in here like a... Hold it! Just because you look like the gimp don't mean you play like the gimp. Don't let him stand in here and punk you like you patting him on the legs. Give him the... Go on, man, shot! Be a bad motherfucker. Here you go. Let's go. Hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, Chance the Rapper, let's do that hockey. And with this ranking that came out, we now know the 20 teams that are going to go uh, to nationals in two weeks to go play in uh, the New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts, just outside. Some It's closer to Worcester than it is to Boston, but it's uh, technically, I guess we're calling it Boston. And uh, as we talked about, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas is the number four seed. Central Oklahoma is number six seed. Arizona will be number 11. Utah and Stony Brook and Arizona State have gotten the bump because there are three, There actually there are four auto bids that came in. And um, uh, yeah, I guess we can, we can go through that. The Western Collegiate Hockey League tied for uh, with, with the Great Lakes League and with the whack. Um, for having the the three we all three of those conferences each got three teams into the uh, field, the Central States League and the Eastern States League, the B Conference MCH, along with uh, the two independents, um, they each got two teams in, and then uh, the crappy Pittsburgh League, the crappy Philly League, and the crappy New York League, they each got uh, their champion in. So. Uh, the auto bids that uh, bumped people were the it was IUP from the Pittsburgh League. They won the CHMA playoffs. Um, Navy from the Philadelphia League won the regular season for the ECHA. Buffalo, number 58, we talked about them just a bit ago. They uh, won the NECHL, that New York League. They won that playoff. And then the surprise of surprises, Michigan-Dearborn, Ranked number eighteen, and I'm sorry, ranked number nineteen, won the WAC conference playoffs. No surprises. No surprises. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, three of us here called it last week. 
the, the the other two conference playoffs that happened, um, the Great Lakes League went according to plan. Adrian ended up winning that one. And then my B conference playoffs went according to plan um, as Jamestown uh, beat uh, Illinois State to win that auto bid. So that's why I mean by a surprise, Andrew, because Indiana Tech and Lawrence Tech were the top two seeds in that whack conference, and they didn't even make it to the finals. Bounced. Bounced. So, so there we go, and uh, that means that on uh, on the we have games on Thursday. It's going to be number thirteen Grand Valley State taking on the number twenty seed Buffalo. Calvin is number 14. They're going to take on the number 19 midshipman from Navy. Illinois State from the B Conference, fresh off a uh, 7-1 beating from uh, Jamestown, is going to take on the uh, winner from that Pittsburgh League, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And then Lawrence Tech and Michigan-Dearborn. I think this is like the fourth time in the last six games that those two teams will have played. (laughs) They're going to get to play the uh, 16-17 games. The winners of those Thursday games get the pleasure of getting beaten by numbers one through four on Friday. Um, the number one seed is still going to be Minot. Number two is Ohio. Number three is Agent. Number four is UNLV. And then the uh, the big fun will be on Saturday when the five through 12 teams get, get going. Number five, Liberty takes on uh, number 12, Pitt. Jamestown from the winner of the B Conference, number seven, will take on Niagara in a very good. I'm looking forward to that game. That should be very good. Indiana Tech takes on Maryville in the 8 9 game. And then the 6 11 game is an all WCHL affair, and it's, it's great, but it sucks. Yeah. It's UCO against Arizona. I would. We only have three teams in the uh, from the WCHL in the in the in nationals, and right from the jump, the two of those three have to play one another right in the very first game. What a what all a way, all the way in Boston. What right? a crap sandwich that is. Yes, it is. I'm telling you what. Although you know, it should be a fun little affair because uh, both coaches are known for you know. Their their preparation. Heck, they, they know one another. They're both you know working together to uh, help out the team USA that's going to play in Romania, and uh, they they you know they know their X's and O's, and they're it's it's not going to be a checkers match uh, during that game. It's going to be high master. You know, it'll be like Mister Spock and Star Trek. It'll be three four D chess going on on the ice between Central Oklahoma and Arizona in that game. It'll be it'll be fun to watch, but unfortunately, we have to watch it all the way from Boston. Right? Yeah, yeah. What a deal! What a deal! All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let, let's go through it. Do you guys want to offer up some predictions, some prognostications, or do we want to talk? You know what? Hey, let's talk about two other things before we okay. get there. Um, Calvin, Calvin is the number fourteen seed. They're going to open up the tournament on uh, Thursday. They play in the second game of the day. They're going to play the midshipmen from Navy. And the reason I bring it up um, is because Calvin has a, I don't know if it's a Jesuit school or what religion it is, but apparently there's a, a, uh, a prohibition against playing on Sunday. And uh, many, many years ago, uh, geez, we're talking what's it's now 2023. So this would be 2017, 2018 when Calvin first moved up to division one, both the ACHA and Calvin kind of got snookered. 
um, the guy that was running the ACHA at the time said to Calvin, hey, you know what? Um, men's division one, they're getting ready to change their, their, their format for nationals. They're not going to play. They're going to take Sundays off from now on. So this won't be a problem. Come on up to division one. And the ACHA was told, Hey, you know what? Calvin's getting ready to change their policy. They're getting ready to uh, be a lot more lenient and to allow their kids to play on Sunday. So allow them up to division one. And then that guy left. And meanwhile, Calvin's sitting here going, well, we don't play on Sundays and, the ECHA is sitting here saying, well, guys, our quarterfinals are on Sundays. So I was the interim executive director at the time, and we made a, a, a concession. We said, look, uh, for, for a three-year policy, for a three-year term, if Calvin makes it to the quarterfinals, the ACHA will agree to play the game Sunday night at midnight, 12.01, to, so we can avoid your, you know, your prohibition against playing on Sunday. And, but after the end of three years, um, we're going to, we're, we would agree to do that for three years. And after three years, you have to make a choice. Either you're playing on Sunday or you're leaving men's division one, because you know, this is what, this is how we're going forward. And, um, that, that agreement got extended by a year for, uh, for COVID purposes, which understandable, I get it. You know, they didn't play for a season, so shouldn't have it count against them. But, uh, apparently nobody thought about it. Until uh, pretty recently. So uh, then all of a sudden, it's, it's like they're looking at the bracket and they're saying, oh, well, Calvin, you know, what do we do if Calvin wins? Mm. Yeah. So uh, the New England Sports Center, the host of the tournament, shot down the idea of playing at midnight. And so uh, that's why if you look at the bracket, that's why if you look at the schedule, there are some uh, on the Sunday uh, there are some alternate times there for games uh, for the second, third, and fourth games of the day. And that's because if Calvin wins, if Calvin wins the first two games, if they beat Navy and then they beat Adrian, they will be placed in the 8 o'clock game on Sunday. And the other two quarterfinals will be moved up a spot. So that's why you see in uh, some alternate numbers there in terms of uh, times. If Calvin loses one of those first two games, obviously everything goes as planned, right? Everybody right. rejoices and we just go on down the road. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an issue. And apparently it was to the point where the, you know, the ACHA approached Calvin and said, look, this is what we're doing and you have to agree to it. We're, we're not going to have a forfeit, right? We're not going to have a forfeit at nationals where we play three days and then on the fourth day, a team just doesn't show up. We're not going to have that. So you either have to agree to this or you're going to have to decline your bid. And they agreed to it. So anyways, I think that's interesting. I don't understand why there's a, uh, and I don't need to understand, but I don't understand what the difference is between playing at one thirty on Sunday versus playing at eight o'clock on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's midnight somewhere, right? No matter what time it is. So I, I, I don't get that, but that's, uh, just understand that's out there and that's always a possibility. So I think there's going to be some people rooting for Navy and possibly for Adrian and Calvin and Adrian actually played in the championship game for the Great Lakes uh, conference tournament playoff tournament that just uh, ended and Adrian ended up winning that game by a score of 3 to 1 with an empty net goal so Calvin can play Adrian tight 
Um, whoops, there we go. I, sh- I should have turned my computer off. Maybe that was the angels telling me that uh, not to sleep on Calvin. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's that's why we have some uh, goofy looking times, if you will, for those Sunday games. And also just a reminder that all these games are going to be broadcast on Hockey TV. I'm sure we'll have a, uh, a discount code coming soon, but it's probably going to be for the low, low price of somewhere like 20 or 25 bucks. Uh, the people from Flow Hockey, uh, Flow Hockey is the presenting sponsor for the uh, national championships in Boston. And they, Flow Hockey is now hockey or has absorbed Hockey TV into their uh, conglomerate. And so, uh, yeah, all the games are going to be on Hockey TV, which ought to be interesting. I also think that, um, and I say interesting because it's going to be a one camera setup, you know, right there on the red line, kind of a pan and scan type of a thing. I don't think we're going to be getting any close, zoomed-in, tight shots. I don't think we're going to be getting multiple angles. We're definitely not going to be getting behind-the-net shots. Um, I'll be stunned if we get instant replay. So uh, just understand, it's uh, while we're very happy for Hockey TV and glad that they're a sponsor, um, it's going to be a little bit different than what we're used to for uh, Men's Division One, at least. So... Any concerns there from Calvin or for Hockey TV or anything else before we jump into predictions? Yeah, I don't think you're going to have to worry about the Calvin thing on Sunday. Why, why do you say? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> so you're saying, my, my, you're saying, Andrew, that my Lenten Friday prayers will have been answered? Something like that. <laughs> it's tough to root for Adrian sometimes, but I'll have to. Yeah, yeah, we can all pull for them on this occasion, right? <laughs> That's right. Special dispensation. Uh, I wonder what I gotta. I gotta look it up. I had to look it up. What religion Calvin is? They're probably uh, you know Methodist or Episcopalians or something like that. I think, I think we looked it up last year. Yeah. What are they besides non-Sunday people? Uh, I have no idea. Show us how much you and I pay attention. <laughs> well, we're not hockey guys, so. <laughs> If I got the right school, it says they're a Christian Reformed school. Yeah. Does that sound right? Oh, hey, yeah, it sounds good to me. I don't know what, I don't want to turn this into a religious podcast, but what the heck is Christian Reform? (laughs) I have no, let me look it up. Let's see. I mean, that sounds like there's a, uh, that's an offshoot of the Christian delinquent or, you know. Is this the school from Grand Rapids, Michigan? That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, it says right here. Yeah. A Christian Reform. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. You know, I, th- I think I, there's other schools in the ACHA. Uh, Brigham Young was one, but they're no longer playing in the ACHA. They had, I mean, I get that. Uh, Hope College that plays Division Three. they have a, a, a similar prohibition against playing on Sunday. And I'm not trying to bag on religion at all. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat is works for me. You know, you, you do you and I'll do me and don't infringe on my rights and I won't infringe on yours. That's kind of my thing. But I, I you know, Liberty is the most religious school yeah, out there. Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Liberty is a big religious school as well. Yeah. And I mean, they, they have no problems playing on a Sunday. I mean, heck they, right. they regularly play on, you know, midnight games, mm-hmm. um, you know, that start on Saturday night. So I, I just, I, I don't get it, but I don't need to. Liberty is a religious school until it comes to Friday and Saturday nights at the hockey rink. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you're not you're not making many friends on this podcast today. Holy smokes! Send send all angry emails to Andrew at wchlpodcast.org 
backslash complaints and um they'll they'll get directly to andrew i I remember a time that you tried to fight jerry falwell in the hallway so don't don't go there with me it wasn't it wasn't jerry it was jerry jr um but uh that's a story for another day oh god jerry jerry was jerry was no longer with us at that time so all right uh let's uh on that note let's move on Andrew and Curtis, what do you think? Game one on Thursday. You know, Thursday is always kind of a fun day um, at, at Nationals because it's um, you think you're going to see some stinker games and uh, because you've got some teams that may not deserve to be there playing against teams that are a little bit better than most. And uh, But Thursday always turns out to be tighter than, uh, than we expected. I don't think anything's going to be different here. Number 13, Grand Valley State kicks things off. Against number twenty Buffalo, Buffalo always plays. Uh, you know they 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 play a, a, a gritty, rough version of uh, version of ACHA hockey. Grand Valley State. This is going to be their first time coming to the men's Division One tournament. What do you think is going to happen there, uh, I, Curtis? Let's go with you first, since you're the hockey guy here. Well, I'm not taking Buffalo. In my opinion, Buffalo doesn't necessarily deserve to be there. They're ranked very low. Yeah. <laughs> File your complaints to Andrew, not to me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to pick Grand Valley State in that one. I think first time at Nationals, I think they'll come out flying. And But you are right. Buffalo, typically when they go, they do play a little bit rough and a little bit gritty. So it may not be like a blowout type game, but I think Grand Valley State will beat them. Andrew? I'm, I second what Curtis said. I'm going Grand Valley State. Buffalo, what, number 58 against number 13? Not a... Not a game, in my opinion. Yeah, Buffalo. Uh, I remember when Buffalo played down in Frisco at Nationals down there in, what, what was that, 2018, 2019? 2019, I guess it was. And uh, Grant Ledyard, the former Dallas star, was who now lives in Buffalo. His son was playing for that team, and they played tight for two periods of hockey, and then, uh, you know, the wheels came off, and all of a sudden, you know, 10-minute misconduct started being handed out left and right. And I think Buffalo ended up with half their bench being – you know, tossed. So uh, I kind of see this going going the same way. Grand Valley, I think, is going to smoke them, and then Buffalo is going to have a parade off the ice in the third period. Uh, all right. Well, hey, we just got through uh, giving it to the Catholic or, or to the Christian reformists from uh, Calvin. They're the number 14 seed. They'll be taking on the midshipmen from Navy. Um, you know, Navy is the uh, regular season champion for the uh, the, the Philadelphia League. Um, the ECHA, you know, Navy's going to come. Those guys are always going to be in tip-top shape. Um, the question will be skill and talent. Um, so what do you think there? Calvin versus Navy. Um, Andrew, go ahead. You go first since uh, Curtis was so nice to figure out where Calvin was in terms of Grand Rapids <laughs> and that they were Christian reformists. Hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Calvin on this one. But I think it's going to be a close game, right? Because Navy's a little bit higher ranked. They're what, number, what are they, they're 28? I think so, 28 or 26. You know what, yeah. if I had to look it up, I'm like, hey, 28, you're right, 28. look at you. Yeah, yeah look at you go. They're not, so they're, they're not a bad little team, right? So no, I think this will be, I think this will be a game to watch here. But I think in the end, Calvin will pull it out. You know, playing at 1.30 in the afternoon has got to be kind of tough, especially when you're used to playing all your games at night. Uh, but I imagine those midshipmen, they're used to being up at all hours of the day, don't you think? Yep. All right. 
Curtis, what do you think? Calvin Navy. I think I'm going to go with Calvin and agree with him on this one too. I think Calvin plays in a better league, probably recruit a little bit better players playing in Michigan than over in Annapolis. So I think Calvin will win this one too. There's a, there's a certain wide-eyed aspect of going to nationals, especially when you win your auto bid and you haven't been in a while. And I, I think that Buffalo Navy and IUP uh, might be, you know, might succumb to that too. There, you know, could be, oh my God, we're, we're, we made it to nationals. Oh my God, we're here. So that, uh, whereas Calvin's like, you know, we've been here before um, and uh, we kind of know what we got to do. So I, yeah, I, I think, I think Calvin's going to, should take it as much as I wouldn't mind seeing a Navy victory. Um, that would be that would be fun on the first day to watch the Christian reformists take it on the chin and not have to worry about Sunday. All right, out of the B conference is number fifteen Illinois State, the Redbirds, making their first appearance at nationals, uh, and they're going to take on IUP. I think they're the Red Hawks or the Scarlet Hawks. That's what they are. They're the Scarlet. So Redbirds versus Scarlet Hawks. It's the battle of the shades of red. Uh, Redbirds and uh, Illinois State taking on Indiana, Pennsylvania, the 15 18 game. Curtis, what do you think there? Illinois State's out of the B conference, so go easy on us there. And, uh, I think I think Illinois State might win, might win this one. They're, uh, I think they came to play in the showcase, if I remember right. They were at the Battle at the Edge, and yeah, they, yep. yep. And they were a pretty good team. They actually uh, played with. Minot for probably two periods and it was actually, I mean, it was a pretty close game and we know how Minot, how right they are and how good they are. So I think Illinois State's going to win this one. All right. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going Illinois State on this one. I think it'll be close. Um, you know, the Illinois State goal scoring might be a problem for them. And we've seen IUP play and they, you know, they play a good little sound game. So this could be a tough little Tough little battle here. I think this is actually going to be a really good game. Illinois State has some great goaltending. They have uh, Brendan Donovan and uh, Mark Imbruglia as their netminders. Donovan's their number one, and they they have some uh, they have some pesky, um, pesky, pesty score, scoring guys. Number eighteen for Illinois State as name of I believe it's Tony Campisi. And uh, they have number 77, a kid named Casey Colantonio. And the only reason I know them is I just I just saw them. They, they played. They were in the B Conference uh, playoffs up in uh, Fremont, Nebraska recently uh, this past weekend. And Illinois State, you know, they, they, they've got a uh, that, that, uh, they've got a line that can play. That 12-18-77 line can score. And uh, if they've got some some really good goaltending, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that Illinois State. This is their first appearance, and they could be wide eyed and you know kind of in awe. But uh, I, I got a sense they're going to take care of IUP. IUP a couple of years ago came down to Oklahoma and played Central and Oklahoma, didn't they? Yep, yep, they sure did. Yep, they did. And as I recall, they had a stud on their team who scored like ninety nine percent of their goals. And uh, he he scored in overtime to beat Oklahoma, and he scored all the goals in uh, two losses to Central Oklahoma. So, well, that should be fun. Illinois State, all right. Curtis and Andrew both say Illinois State's going to take care of IUP, and then the sixteen seventeen game. Well, we referenced it before. Michigan Dearborn and Lawrence Tech, both out of the um, uh, out of the Michigan area. They've both played each other, you know, uh, a couple of times. I think this will be the fourth game in their last 
fourth game against one another out of their last six, respectively. So LTU making their first appearance at ACHA Division One Nationals against Michigan Dearborn. Andrew, what do you think? The, uh, I'm sticking with my dark horse here, going Dearborn. Really? Look at you. So you're going to pull an upset there, 17 over 16. I am, I am. All right. Curtis? So I'm. Uh, this one's tough for me, to be honest. I... I don't want to agree with Andrew again, but I come back to sort of the Michigan Dearborn's been there before. Yeah. I know we played them one time in nationals and Lawrence Tech first time. So you don't know if they're, like you said, they're going to maybe wilt under the pressure first time going to nationals. Oh man, it's a tough one. Just to be different, I'm going to go Lawrence Tech because I don't know if Michigan Dearborn can beat them twice in the span of a couple weeks. Okay. So I'm going to take Lawrence like Tech it. on this one. That's fair. That's fair. All right, well, then let's move on to uh, Friday, uh, where we have one through four taking on the winners from Thursday. And uh, we have Grand, that would mean UNLV would kick things off, the number four seed, taking on Grand Valley State, according to Curtis and Andrew. So what do you think? UNLV is going to take care of Grand Valley, or is that going to be a game? Uh, I think they, UNLV takes care of it. Yeah, Curtis? Yeah, same. I think UNLV is too good. Uh, as much as I want Grand Valley to upset them, but no, <laughs> I think UNLV. Will, I think UNLV will take it. They're tell, just a really good hockey. Tell team. us how you really feel there, Curtis. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Vegas moving on. Adrian will then take on Calvin, according to uh, your predictions, and I think we've all established that we'd all like to see Adrian win that game. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. All Adrian. Yeah. All right. Yep, Adrian, all Adrian all the time. Ohio would be in the next game. They would take on uh, Illinois State. What do you think there? The Bobcats versus Illinois State. Bobcats are loaded. They're on fire. Yeah, I think you got to go Ohio on this one, unfortunately. Andrew, I know they're your favorite team of all time. Well, they've done a little better this year than in years past. The real OU. That's your allegiance to that OU <laughs> is str- stronger than the, than the Crimson and Cream, apparently. Not a chance, the real OU. Not a chance. <laughs> Curtis, what do you think? I think Ohio will win this one, too. They're a pretty good team. They're well coached. Uh, we played, um, I guess it was my junior year uh, in the final. They're, they were a good hockey team then, and they just continue to be good. So I'll take them. Okay. And then we have Minot State taking on, uh, well, for Curtis, it's Minot taking on Lawrence Tech. And for Andrew, it's Minot taking on Michigan Dearborn. I don't know that it's going to matter much. Uh, Curtis, <laughs> who, what do you think? Who's going to win that game? No, I don't think it does matter much. I think Minot State will beat whoever they play. Um, yeah. yeah, that's my prediction. All right, Andrew, the same? Yeah, I'm going Minot. The, uh, it has potential if it's a Minot-Dearborn um, game. I think it's got potential to be a good one, but yeah, all Minot here. All right, all right. Well, hey, the, then the fun really gets going on Saturday. We've got Liberty taking on Pitt, the five twelve game to start us off at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. Curtis, did you ever have to play in one of those early morning games at Nationals? Oh, man, I'm trying to remember if we did or not. Uh, let me just run through this, the time we were ranked. Uh, I don't think we played the early morning one. I think this the one thirty game was the earliest we ever played. I, I got to believe playing at ten in the morning has just got to be br- absolutely brutal. You wake up, you do your business, you have breakfast, and then boom, you're playing. Yeah, I just wow. Okay, Liberty versus Pitt. What do you think? Five through twelve. Pitt's a pretty good little team. They won the uh, the Eastern States League. 
they won the Eastern State League and they upset Minot. What was it? Was it last weekend or a weekend before that? Liberty last did. Weekend. Yeah, yeah, Liberty. Liberty. Did, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Last weekend, yeah. So I'm gonna take them in that one. All right, Andrew, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Liberty. A little bit too much firepower here. All right, all right, all right. I didn't know if your Christian reformist was going to, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, leak out there and, and lean the other way against the 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 flames of Liberty. Uh, I got to get back in the good grace of Junior there. <laughs> All right, well, we know which way Curtis is going to go in this next game because it's Central Oklahoma against uh, Arizona. This is the WCHL podcast, so uh, whichever way we go, it's going to be a winner-winner. Um, Curtis, I figure you're going to say that Central Oklahoma is going to uh, prevail over U of A. That is my prediction, yes. I cannot bet against uh, the Broncos, you know. Of course, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to to be fair, I mean, if you if you were to bet, you'd probably have to drive the bus up there, um, <laughs> right? Because they're they're you're going up there, hopefully, to broadcast some of these games. And if they found out yeah. that you bet against them, you would either have to ride in the luggage compartment. Yeah. 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 Or on top. They probably put me on top, like in one of those like uh those ski things on the top of like one of those vans. Was it, <laughs> me in the compartment. The, the grandma the grandma in like National Lampoon or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Coach Rivera just put me on top and he duct taped me to a you know, a chair on top of a car or something probably. Yikes. <laughs> All right, Andrew, what do you think? UCO or Arizona? They, uh, you know what? I'm going UCO on this one. A um, little bit better offense, a little bit better goaltending, a little bit better defense. Woo! Bulletin so, board stuff there from Andrew. So I'm going going UCO here. We, we might have a listener in Tucson. You never know. That's all right. All right. The next game is uh, Jamestown against Niagara, number seven against number 10. Jamestown out of North Dakota, Niagara out of freezing cold uh, Buffalo, New York, close to Canada. Um, what do you think? UJ versus NU. Andrew, you go first. You know what? I'm thinking I'm I'm going upset here. I'm going Niagara. Over Whoa. Jamestown. Whoa. Look at you. All right, Curtis. I'm taking the chalk. I'm taking Jamestown. Yeah. I, hey, I just, I got to see Jamestown up close and personal. And man, they're good. They're, they are pretty good. I think they, yeah, uh, when UCO went up to play Minot, and then they, I think they lost in overtime to Jamestown. Mm-hmm. They got a couple of Canadians on their team. It's pretty close to the border. I'm biased being Canadian, so I think, yeah, I think Jamestown will probably win this one. I just got to see them live up close and personal for two games, and they, they're fast skaters. Their their forwards uh, are are small and. Uh, uh, slippery and they get in they get those greasy goals right down the on the on the uh on the top of the crease and they've got gigantic defensemen that just you know nobody nobody claps anymore these days but they let these just wicked hard wrist shots that break the boards go i mean it's just insane they're they're jamestown i you know i'm biased uh because they're in my b conference but uh i think jamestown could make some noise here uh, but though Niagara is going to be a tough uh, Niagara is going to be a tough out. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Niagara is going to be a tough out. They're, they go, they go to the the championship or they go to nationals like pretty much every year. And every year they've gone, they've they've made some noise. Typically, they win at least one game. That's that's right. And they play Ohio pretty. They've they've beaten Ohio earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I think they've played Adrian and came close to beating Adrian this year. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a game. And then the next game should be good, too. Indiana Tech against Maryville. What do you think there, Curtis? 
I think this is the one where I'm probably the most on the fence, but I think I'm going to take Maryville. Really? Okay. Well. Yeah, I think that's going to be my upset. I've taken pretty much all the all the favorites in the rest, so I think Maryville will win this one. Hey, Andrew, what do you think? I'm I'm going Maryville also on this one. Wow. A little more, I want to say a little more battle tested, maybe if that makes sense. All right. All right. Well, very good. Well, that would mean then, uh, I mean, Coach John Hogan, who is a listener of this podcast, even though he's uh, not in the WCHL anymore, he, he'll uh, he'll appreciate that. So, uh, um, okay, so on Sunday, that means that UNLV will take on Liberty, uh, if we go with according to these uh, predictions here. UNLV and Liberty have already played four times this year. UNLV won both games at Liberty. Liberty won both games at UNLV. This will be a uh, fifth, the rubber match, if you will, in Boston. Curtis, what do you think, UNLV or Liberty? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, as much as I don't want to take UNLV, I think I'm going to take UNLV. Again, I'm biased, right? <laughs> um, I, I think UNLV will beat Liberty. It'll be a close game. Could maybe even – maybe we see an overtime game. Yeah. I think I think that has the potential to maybe go to an overtime. Again, That you, you just said it. They split in each other's rink. So this is – I mean, this is for all the marbles. So we'll see. Yep. I think UNLV will win. Yep. Well, and remember they played last year too in the um... – in that Chicago Classic, and uh, it was a two-to-one UNLV game uh, that they won. So, yeah, they, they usually play some really tight, tight, tight games. And, I, heck, I think they played even last year at Nationals. I think UNLV knocked Liberty out at Nationals. Wow. All right, Andrew, what do you think? UNLV, Liberty. Yeah, I'm going same, UNLV. All right, well, that's easy. You're just going to follow the hockey guy's lead. I see. I see what you're doing here, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 in Curtis's wake here, and you're you're going to stay in that little safe zone. That's right. Not going to get outside in the in the choppy water. You're just going to stay yeah. right in the nice smooth area. Or or maybe it's two great minds thinking alike here. Ah, <laughs> okay. see, there you go. All right, listen to Andrew. Yeah, All right, simple approach here. See, there's always a silver lining. You know. <laughs> Adrian versus UCO would be the next game. Uh, Curtis, I think we know which way you're going to go on this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos, but this may be uh, this is probably going to be their probably one of the toughest games of the season thus far. Yep. Adrian, typically at Nationals, they play really good. They always have good goaltending. Uh, yeah, this could be a really hum, uh, humdinger, if I'm being honest. Well, and Coach Rivera and Coach Estalos from Adrian are both on the coaching staff for uh, the Team USA that's going over to Romania, and they've been mm-hmm. talking to one another closely uh, throughout this, uh, ever since the, the staff has been created in the name. So that should be a, a, yet another chess match, another uh, one of those Mr. Spock 3D chess type things. Yeah, it'll be that'll be a tough one, too, because... Uh, the high ranked team would have to have home ice, which would mean, you know, Coach Rivera wouldn't get last change. So that could be, you know, definitely in, in Adrian's favor, too. Yeah. And, and home ice and a day off, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, Adrian, UCO, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to UCO here. You know, these teams of all, you know, these two, three, four, five, six ranked teams all year long have just kind of been switching out rankings here. So I think you got two evenly matched teams in this in this little matchup here. 
All right. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking UCO on this one. I, hey, I'm, this is the WCHL podcast. I like it. <laughs> I like it very much. All right. Now this next game uh, would be Ohio taking on Jamestown for, uh, for Curtis or Niagara for Andrew. So Andrew, why don't you go first? Ohio versus Niagara. They've already played this year, and Ohio has beaten Niagara a couple of times. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to take Ohio on this one. <laughs> All right. And Curtis, Ohio, Jamestown, they have not played this year. Um, but that could be Man. a heck of a game. It could be a heck of a game. And I think I'm going to take Jamestown. I just I think we talked about it just a little bit earlier. They're, they're a sneaky good team, and they're, they're just pretty good. So, yeah, I think I'm going to take Jamestown. Pretty big upset. All right. I like it. I like it. And then in the last game of the, of the night, it would be Minot versus Maryville, one versus nine. Uh, are we? No one's picking uh, Maryville in that game, are they? No. All right. No, no, I'm taking mine up. All right. Well, hey, let's look at this then. Uh, Curtis's final four would be uh, number one Minot, number four UNLV, number six UCO, and number seven Jamestown. And Andrew's final four would be number one Minot, number two Ohio, number uh, number four UNLV, and number six UCO. So let, let's do this then, and uh, Curtis, we'll, we'll, we'll let you cogitate for a second since you're the hockey guy here. Andrew, your final four is going to be Minot is going to take on UCO and then UNLV taking on Ohio. Uh, so give me a Minot-UCO winner, a UNLV-Ohio uh, winner. You know what? Unfortunately, I'm going to go Minot over UCO in the semifinals here. Yeah. And then I'm going to take UNLV over Ohio. UNLV over Ohio. Boy, look at you. That you you really are pandering to the WCHL podcast. I like this. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. So I've got to I've got to go Minot for the for the uh, taking the cake here. And, and so yeah, I was going to say the the that means your championship game will be Minot versus UNLV, and you're going to say Minot wins that game. I'm going I'm going Minot. Yeah, going Minot. All right. Seeing them here, so they're they're good. Well, Curtis, your your um, your final four is going to be kind of a, a very familiar affair because it would be Minot versus Jamestown, and they've only played a hundred times against one another this year, and then UCO <laughs> taking on UNLV, another uh, WCHL conference game. So, uh, what, what a you, final four that would be, by the way! That would be crazy, <laughs> wouldn't it? Jeez! Man. All right, so who do you got? Minot, Jamestown, UCO, UNLV. Gonna be Minot beating Jamestown, close game. Yep. And then it's gonna be UCO beating UNLV. All right, and then, yep, and then. The the blue and gold is bleeding through just a little bit, and no then. One would have picked that one. All right, <laughs> now here here's where the here's where the rubber meets the road, Curtis. Uh-huh. Minot yeah. versus UCO in the final. They've already played three times this year. And they all three went Minot's way. They did, did they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they no, did. No, they did. Yes, yeah. they did. I think yes. I think one of the three games was close, and the other was the. I think the other two in Minot were not close. That is correct. Yeah, they came to the showcase, and it was pretty close to the third. I will say. Yep. Oh man. Do do you, do you <laughs> want to defer? Go, I can't not go with my heart here, guys. You guys are going to kill me. If- like I cannot go UCO here. There you go. All right. So every time, and this is a fun little stat for you here. Yeah. Every-
every time that UCO has won a national championship, guess who they have beat on the way? Minot. Minot State. There you go. You know, every Just time that. every time UCO has won the championship, it's also been in the state of Ohio. That is true. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying that we're not going to do it because it's in Massachusetts? No, 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 no. Hey, I'm saying it's time. To, I'm saying it's time to uh, set it's set hopefully set yeah, a new standard. Exactly. It's time to break the Ohio curse and move into different states. I would absolutely love it if uh, UCO or UNLV took the. I personally, I would like to see a UCO UNLV final. Um, I think that would be great. I think I would How love. Do we map that out. Let's try this again and redo it. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be great, and uh, you know, it would be it would be kind of fun to fun to see, and it would be for a lot of bragging rights because I know that UNLV right now is kind of chapped that they finished a couple of points behind UCO in the in this conference standings. They're probably wishing that we, they had a playoff right now, but right. Uh, hey, them's the breaks. All right, well, very very good. So there you have it. Uh, Andrew has picked Minot as a winner. Andrew does not care about the WCHL and has uh, said that over and over again throughout this podcast. And uh, Curtis has shown his allegiance to both the Blue and Gold, uh, the Broncos, and also to the WCHL. So Curtis will be returning soon on the WCHL podcast. Appreciate that, Curtis. Um, all right, very very good. And I think what we'll do is as we go, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to get some more folks on here and get some more prognostications and we'll see what's uh what what we can what other kind of predictions we can get going here so very nice um let's uh this is the part of the podcast where it kind of turns goofy where it kind of turns into a free-for-all where it goes uh where we have anything else do you guys have anything uh, you want to offer anything you want to discuss any this is open topic let's see yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead andrew yeah jump andrew go I was gonna say, you know, you beat me up last week about my uh, uh, Netflix show, Full Swing. Yeah. About the PGA guys, you know, I'm three or four episodes into it now, and it's telling you it's it's straight fire. It's awesome TV to watch. Really. Yep. What's What's so straight fire about watching spoiled spoiled rich guys wandering (laughs) around? There There might be There might be a few things that pander to you. The uh, So you might want to tune in. It's good. It's good watching. Okay. What are they eating? Ice cream or uh, a bunch of plain M and M's or what? They might be Cheetos and, and Mountain Dew. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Full swing is still going for Andrew. Interesting. Yeah, I, I might have, have to I check have it out. Watch that, Andrew. I finished all eight episodes. It was really good. I did. There's a there's a hockey guy backing me up here. Oh. But I'm also I'm I'm also a golf snob too. I love golf. It's a great sport to play when now that I'm retired. <laughs> eight eight episodes is there uh is there like a cliffhanger at the end uh not necessarily they save the best for last though if i i mean i don't know if you're gonna watch it they just say that rory is in episode eight so yeah okay it's mostly about him and his sort of uh his leadership role that he's taken on now that there's that breakaway live golf or whatever and just how like the rest of the the PGA guys have kind of followed his lead on everything that's going on. All right, I've got, I've got, cool. I've got two questions for you guys. Huh. Over under, and I'm going to set the over under at fifty. What is the over under for the number of white belts that are shown throughout the uh, all eight episodes of Full Swing? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say under. The white belts are uh, not in style anymore. 
come on. It's it's oh. it's not it's snobby golf. Everyone's wearing a white belt these days. No, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say under two, Andrew. I think that's right. Yeah, really. So the guys wear the same color belt as they wear on their pants. I would say. All right. Great pants. You wear a great belt. I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not a golfer. So, all right. And here's the my my second question is this: um, full swing. Compare full swing to the guys from country club adjacent on social media. Um, what's better, country club adjacent or full swing? Hmm. I don't know hmm. if I've seen country club adjacent. If I'm being honest, country club adjacent is a bunch of yeah. smart asses that get out on the out on the uh, out on the uh, course and they talk about you know the two, they they just basically make fun of all the people that they're walking by <laughs> and call them names. Oh, hey, trust fund baby. Hey, how's it? Going? Oh, Al Cervic, you know. What's going on? Uh, I'm going to say uh, full swing is better TV. All right. All right. I might have to send you some country club adjacent stuff just so you can uh, get it's, it. All right. It's interesting watching those guys on the grind because it's, you know, they're flying in private jets and driving Escalades and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if, but if you really watch and, and with us all being – behind the scenes of with hockey teams and all that stuff and players and all that sort of thing. If you really watch the nuts and bolts of what those guys are doing on the PGA tour, they're not really, they're no different than these guys playing club hockey in college, you know? Well, except for the private jets and, um, you know, know, supermodels. Yeah. Supermodels and the millions of dollars and the champagne and the Dom Perignon. Yeah. There's more money involved in it. Right. But you know, you watch it, and those guys are just grinding and trying to survive and get a buck to get by, just like what these club yeah. hockey kids are doing, right? So there's not really much difference in it, other than just large sums of money. All right, all right. But they are, yeah. They go to the gym. You know, they're they're grinding on their swing. They're trying to get better all the time. Uh, I guess you know, with any profession, right? You have to, if you want to perfect your craft, you got to do a lot. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Full swing, I might have to check it out, Andrew and Curtis. You guys might have convinced me to at least watch episode one. There you go. I'll put my white belt away and try to find a, a matching belt to go with my, you know, blue jeans or something. So, hey. Have you guys paid any attention to any of the trade deadline in the NHL? A little bit. A little bit. What's the noise you guys just take on some of those big trades? Andrew? They, uh, I think, uh, I think Toronto is gearing up to uh, make a run at yeah. the cup here. They are, but they got smoked by my Oilers tonight. So you know. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where he was going, Andrew. He was just oh, setting yeah. you up there to let, remind you that Edmonton won. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you watch Toronto; they're making a lot of noise. I think they're going to they try to make a deep run at this thing. The, uh, yeah. you know, the Rangers—they're making some noise over there. Yeah, Boy, the they Rangers, did. Aren't they? Oh man! Yeah, they did. Huge trade. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've been on this podcast. This will be my fourth time, and every time I change my picks, I said Rangers to start, and then I said. Uh, Carolina. Oh boy, does it look bad now because the Rangers are flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they got you, Patrick Kane. They picked up Tarasenko. It doesn't look good for my pick. Well, what do you think about the, what the what the Bruins have done? I realize this is the James Jalbert portion of the podcast that uh, what bringing up the Bruins, but uh, they they seem to have done pretty well. I think in terms of yeah, they picked up I guess like a depth defenseman from Washington, mm-hmm. or long, but with the with how good they are. 
I'm surprised they actually added at all, to be honest. Because I think when they when you add players like that, it can maybe upset the the culture and the maybe the vibe that's going on with the team. Okay, so. all right, well, that's fair. That's fair. And then, uh, did you guys see the big trade that happened last night with LA and Columbus? Yeah, Jonathan Quick finally leaving LA. Poor Jonathan Quick. What? Oh man, he's only been playing twenty years, hasn't he? Yeah, but he won two cups with them, and then he just got shipped off to the basement. <laughs> I, well, that's yeah, that's that's the reason why we don't go back to Columbus anymore. Is the ACHA? It's uh, man. Yeah, have you ever been in that that building when that cannon's gone off? Uh, yeah, actually, we went and watched. Uh, I think it was a game on. Uh, we had the wait. What we were the we had the buy. Because we went as the four seed, okay, and so we had the we had the Saturday off. So we actually went and watched. Uh, I think it was uh, Columbus. Oh, who did they play? The Rangers, maybe, or Detroit. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, that cannon was going off. It was it was pretty good atmosphere. I'm telling you what, I think I nearly wet my pants when that cannon went off the first time. I, I think I was at that very same game because I was do, having to do some publicity with the uh, with the Blue Jackets on the radio that game. Uh, that you're talking about, because it was the uh, the off game during when we were playing at the Ice House. Man, that cannon uh, went off, and I think I just about wet myself. That was just so dang loud. What a thing, huh? They don't get to hear it very often this year. They are very, very bad, which is surprising. <laughs> they are going to be a lot better. <laughs> All right, Curtis, i got to ask you this, since you're the lone hockey guy in this podcast. How many goalie goals have you seen in your lifetime? Man, we personal. were just talking about that. Yeah, because oh, personal. Personal. Oh, not not. I mean, uh, there's only been eight in the NHL. We just had one over the other day, and I forget who it was scored against. Um, it was Omar. Vancouver. Who, who did he score? Yep, Vancouver. Yep. Hallmark for the Bruins. Yep. Um, How? I don't think I've ever actually seen one, to be honest. Really? Never been on the ice. Never saw anything no, like that happen. Okay. I never have. No. Interesting, Andrew. Uh, sitting here wrapping my brain. I couldn't believe that there had only been eight goalie goals scored in all of the NHL games after all the years. Who's the eight goalies? Do you know? Nah, I have no clue. I just know the the, the most recent one, Linus <laughs> Olmark. And I I thought I read where the the most recent one was uh, before this was like in like ninety three or ninety four. I thought it was. I thought there was a newer, more recent one than that. I thought well, that you, uh, you could maybe be like a... Mike Smith. Mike Smith, I thought had scored one recently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, was gonna, yeah, I thought Smith did when he was in Arizona, right? Oh, look at this! It was just Pekka. It was Pekka Arena only in 2020. Really? Okay. Well, here, there we go. Yeah. It shows you how much I know. Look at this. I'm, I just Googled it yourself, uh, just just like you guys did, and yeah, it says uh, what third? I was man. Where was I getting my information? It says it's been done 16 times. Mm. List of goal scoring goaltenders. This is courtesy of Wiki. Wikipedia. Is it maybe only eight different people? Well, no, Mike Smith did it in 2013. Man, look at all the ones that have done it in, in 2000. Brodeur, Jose Theodore, Evgeny Nabokov. And then you get this, who's Mika Norinen? He Did he play in the ACHA? He was. He played for the Sabres. <laughs> um, oh, it, uh, here it is. It was an own goal. Uh, there we go. Method of scoring. That's not, you can't count that. Uh, that doesn't count. No, because then There's a lot of own goals in there. Yeah. yeah listing them off. There you go. Yeah, there we go. So, so let's wait. let's look at one, two, three, four, five, six, nine. You got it. Yep, you got it. Yeah, there we go. Okay. 
So Hextall had two back in the 80s. Chris Osgood, Marty Brodeur. Yeah, Pecorini in 2020. Oh, I must have I must have looked at the wrong Twitter account. Oh, well, losers. Theodore Nabokov, Smith, Rene Allmark. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Marty Brodeur with three of them, though. Isn't that, yeah. Two well, own goals. Two own goals. goals. But still. Yeah. Three goals. That's, that's not bad. Hey, that's that, that'll. He got paid, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you know, the last time we were on the podcast, we talked about uh, how many ceremonial puck drops that we've done, which amounted oh. to a total of zero. Oh. Curtis, yeah. how many ceremonial puck drops have you done in your lifetime? <laughs> That's seriously a question. How many puck drops do you think I've done? Zero. <laughs> well, come on. You don't think come UCO on. has asked the broadcaster to come on out there and drop the puck? Mm. No, the broadcaster that dropped the puck. Come on now. <laughs> we got a, uh, we, Andrew and I were complaining last week. We're not complaining, but we were just talking, joshing. Missouri State has done an excellent, excellent job of advertising and having a ceremonial puck dropper before most every game this year. And during their games against Alabama, they had their president of the university come out and drop the puck. And then I think they had like the local baseball. Uh, they had the the head baseball coach. Yeah, they've had a couple of mascots come out there. They had a couple of basketball coaches come out there, and so they did a great job. And you know, Andrew complained that he's never been asked to drop the puck, and I mentioned I'd never been. And sure enough, courtesy of the uh, couple of the uh, fourteen listeners that we have on the WCHL podcast, all of them coming out of Springfield, we've we've received a generous offer or two since then. Uh, oh, to, so you just got to talk about it more. I and guess I guess so. You just got to <laughs> just got to moan and groan a little bit and <laughs> something. Of course, this uh, this offer was to come up in May and drop the puck <laughs> before we watched a replay of a Missouri State game. <laughs> so it was a, it was it was a good tongue in cheek offer, but we we appreciate the offer very much, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us and giving us a hard time about it yeah. too. So. We've done a couple at UCO this year too. We've done some pretty good ones. The uh, the president came last weekend, and then we had uh, yeah the athletic director came out and did one. Yeah, athletic yeah. director's done one too. Yeah, We've done a couple this year. We uh, in Oklahoma, I know they had the softball softball girls come out and uh, oh, that's cool come out and they did it before a uh, a friday night game in fact oh you you know to to their credit i mean that was probably the biggest coup of the season there for oklahoma because they got a lot of uh, free publicity if you look on the on the uh, softball um website the instagram and all that stuff man they were all over the uh, hockey game before their season got going so uh Really cool. Yeah, I guess that was a, a team building experience for those girls, and obviously now they're kicking butt and taking names. So uh, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, with all these teams, it's good to see the school presidents and the athletic directors and, and all the different people that are involved in in the different sports around these schools and all that get involved with these with these hockey teams. Right? It's it's good to see that they've got that support. But yeah, no regional podcast superstars. Um, I, I don't. I, I guess we're we're kind of we're still they're on the list, but they're still just getting there to us. You think that's what it is? Maybe maybe you'll get to drop the puck at nationals. <laughs> hey, we almost got to drop the puck at nationals at Frisco, right? They said yep. they gave us a sledgehammer and told us to yep. put the boards back together. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was bolting boards back together i missed my opportunity oh geez what a deal guys i had the pleasure of going to fremont nebraska for the b conference uh, playoffs i just want to say that um 
There's a reason, um, well, I think it's very telling when the people that work at the school in Fremont, Nebraska, choose to live elsewhere. Um, so it was a very, it was a great experience. Midland has a great rink up there and they did a great, uh, they put on a great event. As I said before, Jamestown ended up beating Illinois state in the championship game, but, uh, I, that's why I, I couldn't be at, at, uh, at Edmond to present a trophy because I was presenting another trophy at a conference playoff up in, uh, Fremont America. Have you guys ever been to Fremont, Nebraska? I have not. I don't even know where Fremont, Nebraska is. Uh, there it is. It's about. Uh, 30 miles outside of Omaha and it's uh, seven and a half hours away from us here in central Oklahoma Uh, about 11 hours away from us in central Oklahoma if you run into severe storms on the way home Um, so that's always kind of fun but yeah it, it it was a good time and it made me appreciate what we have in the WCHL it made me appreciate geography because it made me appreciate bus drivers um, and all that they go through to lug our teams all over the dang place because it was no fun driving myself. And um, it also made me uh, reconsider driving to uh, nationals in Florida for the uh, annual meeting. So I'm probably <laughs> going to get onto, a, onto an airline website here in a little while and try to find uh, f- some fat man seats to uh, get me somewhere. <laughs> so anyways, all right, guys, anything else uh, that you guys have for this edition of the WCHL podcast? I, I am dried up. I don't have anything for you. Andrew, what do you think? I mean, we've actually, there's been a real hockey guy on this podcast. He's brought real hockey knowledge. He doesn't want to just talk about WCHL. He wants to talk about the NHL too, and not just game results or, you know, superstitious goalie, you know, once in a lifetime goalie goals. Trades. He's talking about trades, yeah, you know, that. and not just trades for the top teams, trades for, you know, you know, crap teams like Columbus this year. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I mean, that's as look, impressive. Look at what we It's the stretch do. run, guys. We're gearing up for the playoffs. The trade deadline's tomorrow, so we're getting excited. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm a weather fan, right? We've sucked for so long, so yeah. I'm into it. All right. All right. All right. Well, how do you how do you think your Oilers are gonna do? Are they gonna make are they are they gonna make a, a deep run or are they just gonna make the playoffs? I don't know. That's the question, isn't it? We traded we traded Pugliarvi for a bunch of, you know, some laundry detergent. And then um, we got Ekholm from the Predators, so he could be a nice addition. Hopefully he adds a little toughness, a little, uh, they call him the Viking. So hopefully he adds a little, you know, uh, experience to the, the, the back end of the Oilers. We need some guys that can eat some minutes. So I hope, I hope, I hope we can get out of the West and make the finals because we're running out of time with McDavid. Because if we don't start winning here, I think he's going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a, a Jack Eichel all over again. Yeah, which, um, yeah, he's got three years left on his contract, and if we don't win something within those three years, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll re-sign him. Oh, that's it's, too bad. I mean, he's just, I don't know, he's just amazing. I don't know if you guys catch any highlights or, I, I tune into most games, and he, what he's doing is just, yeah, he's on another level. I, I, I pay attention, probably like your, your co-host, Mr. Jalbert, that we've referenced earlier. I pay attention to the Bruins, and I know that uh, the yeah. Bruins and um, the Oilers just played recently, and uh, mm-hmm. Charlie McAvoy saved the day with four seconds left in overtime. Uh, that yeah. would, No, that was against Calgary, though. Um, Calgary. But it was uh, it was Connor McDavid versus the Bruins yeah. the other day. It was, what, a 3-2 to two game, and McDavid had both goals? 
Yeah, he scored two times tonight in the Leafs game. So he's the sixth player, and this is crazy stat I just saw. He's the sixth player in NHL history to score uh, two goals in five straight games. Insane. Which is, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Andrew, that, that almost ties your, your men's league record with the gold diggers. He's, an, he's on another planet, so, yeah. Jeez. Well, I know. All right. Well, listen, let's let's get out of here, guys. Curtis, we can't thank you enough for bringing some legitimacy and some accuracy <laughs> and some reality to this uh, WCHL podcast. It's always it's always great to have you on. And um, we look forward to hearing your golden voice uh, broadcast in the UCO game live on Hockey TV from uh, the New England Sports Center up in Marlboro, Massachusetts. I'll see you up there in a couple of days. Yeah. Andrew, I, I'm, I'm going really pre- to. It. I'm, Andrew, I'm going to presume you're going to be scheduling quinceañeras and not in Marlboro with us. Yeah, it depends on what day it is. You know, I could get into some uh, strategic planning. You know, some 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 master remodel planning. You know, there's I'm multifaceted here, so we'll tree, see. Tree pruning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got it. All right. Andrew, listen, I can't, you, you, this is the fourth week in a row and it's, uh, it, this is just great. It's, uh, like, it's like wearing a nice, comfortable pair of shoes. It's always good to have you on. So, <laughs> oh boy. All right. Listen, we want to thank everybody for listening to the WCHL podcast. We want to thank you for your support of the WCHL throughout the season and, uh, stick with us as we, uh, go try to make a deep run in, uh, nationals. It's here. It's going to be here in two weeks and it's an exciting time. As Curtis said for the NHL. The end is uh, almost upon us. You know, their trade deadline and the, making the deep run for the playoffs is, is upon them. We're going to nationals. So uh, follow the WCHL on Twitter at WesternCHL. Follow Andrew on Twitter at StickfordAM. Follow Curtis on Twitter. It's KJohnny09. Is that right? That's the right one. You got her. There we go. I'm on Twitter at CJP in, Oklahoma, in OKLA. And the podcast is on Twitter at WCHL Pod. And one of the three of us is also kind of the smart aleck that's running the uh, men's division one, uh, ACHA men's D1 Twitter account. So um, that if you see a lot of stupid GIFs or GIFs or whatever they're called these days, um, that, that would be one of us. So. <laughs> Stick with us and uh, follow follow the. We'll we'll have some more podcasts between now and then. We'll get some more prognostications for nationals coming up. In the meantime, support your team. Watch the uh, games uh, live on Hockey TV. Uh, like I said, we should have a uh, a coupon code here coming pretty quick, uh, so that you can get at least five dollars off and uh, save a little couple of bucks as you watch your favorite ACHA men's D one team compete for the Murdoch Cup live at the New England Sports Center. Boy, it ought to be a good time. All right, Andrew, I'm going to make sure that I hit the right button because if I hit, if I didn't, if I didn't, you know, stall for time here, I was going to play a little Clint Eastwood, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and that would not have been good. So, uh, all right, I'm going to hit a button. Are you ready to get us out of here? Andrew, you got to say yes. I'm ready to get you out of here. Oh, geez. I guess Andrew's gone. Curtis, get us out of here. All righty. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in.